0: Welcome to Unbreakable Spirit, Stories of Inspiring and Thriving, with Jennifer Seven, co-author of a book that is part of the Sisterhood Folios, a number one international bestseller. This is a podcast about real women who've overcome tremendous obstacles and come out on the other side to thrive. Whether their hardships were financial, relational, or health, these women dug deep and found the light, out of the dark, to rise from the ashes. To find the ability to forgive, to love, and to live an authentic, joyful life. Now, here is your host, Jennifer Seven.
1: Welcome Unbreakable Spirit listeners to episode number 22. As always, I have the most amazing guests and I have a very special guest today, Morgana Ray. And let me share with you a little bit about Morgana. She is a 20 time international number one best-selling author and mentor coach. She is regarded to be the world's number one authority on relationship with money. Her groundbreaking approach to love centered wealth building has featured her on The Wall Street Journal, Yahoo Finance, all the major television networks, Coast to Coast Radio, and hundreds more. Her fans call her the money goddess because of the many documented stories of clients that manifest unexpected income of hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and even over a million dollars within hours of changing the relationship with money. And I sure can't wait to hear about this. A pioneer in personal development for over 28 years, Morgana writes, speaks, and coaches from a desire to empower idealistic entrepreneurs, artists, healers, and humanitarians to have a big impact in the world and to heal this rift between heart, spirit, and money. And on a personal note, she is 26 weddings deep into getting married a hundred times and a hundred countries to one man, which I think is super cool. So (laughs) welcome, Morgana. I'm so excited to have you here today.
2: Oh, I'm very happy to be here. And I do have to say that the over a million dollars within a few hours, that only happened once. It usually takes longer than a few hours, but (laughs) it was just that one client in Idaho. Um, Yeah, that's pretty amazing though, (laughs) even for one. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so we're gonna, I know you have a story and on Unbreakable Spirit, what I love for our listeners to hear is the the tough stuff that we go through and then what brings us through to the other side. So let's go back in time and and if you can share with
2: us uh, your story. Well, first of all, I just wanna say to whoever is listening who is in this moment in the thick of it, like you're in anxiety, you're in grief, you're in that horrible stop the world I want to get off state of being and challenge, you are going to have the biggest advantage in the work that I teach. And I know that there are a lot of very lovely well-intentioned spiritual teachers and coaches and healers and stuff out there who are like very much into the high vibes only law of attraction type stuff and I from my own personal experience and coaching thousands and thousands of people over many years I have come to believe that our traumas and our victim experiences are sacred. Mm. They, they are sacred and valuable sources of power and transformation and evolution. They, they, have, they have a purpose or they wouldn't exist. And what I wanna do while we're together is teach you, give you some tools to use them because you've already paid the price of admission with the pain and the failure and the heartbreak and all that stuff. You've already paid the price. So you might as well milk it for all of the good stuff that you can get out of it. And there's a lot of good stuff. And, you know, full disclosure, like I tried everything. I'm from Southern California. They, I, I was like, 16 years old when i first discovered some modality called rebirthing didn't work on me mm-hmm. so but i've been i've been trying this stuff since the early 80s like everything that southern california has to offer and after really not getting results from anybody else's thing and by the way if you're one of those people and you're trying everything and nothing is working for you there there are two possibilities one is you may be actually yourself being a conduit and birthing something new that the world needs.
1: Yeah, something new.
2: And what I have found to be usually what's going on again, and I've coached thousands of people, and this is, I tend, I'm known for relationship with money. It's very flashy. There are numbers. It's great for marketing, but my work is really not even about money. Money is a nice side effect. And clients have also, we've worked on the same process with love and with health and with other obstacles. And I do believe, again, from my own personal experience in coaching thousands of people that if you're one of those people who you are doing everything you're supposed to be doing to get a desired result, you've taken all the classes, you've worked with the coaches, you've read the books, you've you've put it all into action and it's still not working and you feel like you're singled out by the universe and it's painful and you're being rejected right and left and all that kind of stuff and you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing over and over and over again here is my expectation okay it is my belief that you are very probably that's also probably terrible grammar (laughs) apologies there, but it's very, very likely that you are actually unconsciously protecting yourself from what you are pursuing. Mm. And And what do they
1: say that we sometimes have that fear of success?
2: Yeah. And I, and I think it's even more than that. I think, I think that we're actually afraid of some really horrible things that we are not aware of. Mm. And, um, I know you asked me like my background and my story, and then I went off on a tangent (laughs) because I never, ever plan what I'm going to say. I just kind of go in the moment. But okay, so for example, where I started from, and we're going to skip over some big earlier traumas and maybe I'll weave them in, but -hmm. we're going to start with how I ended up with this ridiculous niche, for the last 20 something years, coaching money and becoming very famous globally for this, this approach to money. And the joke is that everything I did, I was a financial failure. And I did, I was one of those people like straight A student, even after the car accident, the head injury, the coma, the homelessness, all that stuff in high school. I still graduated as a national merit scholar because dang it, my life was depending on it. I, I went to college and got a degree in religion because I was struggling with what is it to be human? What is this crazy hurtful place we live in and how do we have a better experience? Which are actually the questions that led me to then become an actress and then become a coach. So- Here I was, I had been a coach in the entertainment industry for a number of years. I had a ton of celebrity clients and mountains of testimonials, and I was doing everything I was supposed to do. I had half a dozen coaching certifications. I had the website, the business cards, the beautiful marketing, public speaking, doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. And the big, scary, shameful secret that nobody knew was I was struggling to make a hundred dollars a month.
1: Uh, that's shocking.
2: Impressive. No.
1: <laughs> so you had this facade that was beautiful.
2: Oh my God. And so I had behind happy, behind right. it. Yeah. No, I had this stellar reputation. Literally, I had a bunch of clients who started out as, as like not known at all, who became movie stars and TV stars and all this kind of stuff. And the thing that I was very comfortable helping people, that has been, if you want to talk about trauma response, that's been my default since I was a child is helping people is my safe place. It's Mm -hmm. my happy place. Yeah. It's my talent. So that was easy. Asking people to pay me would bring up all of the deepest anxieties and shames and fears of causing harm and not being worthy. A lot of this, I was really not even aware of. I just knew that as soon as somebody asked me what I charged or the euphemism for that, how do do you work? It took me decades to figure out when they say, how do you work? They actually want to know what you charge.
1: Yeah. And how can they pay you? Right.
2: Right. And I, the question would like, uh, 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 I would like bring up so much bile in the back of my throat. And they could feel it. They could feel this incredible discomfort. So I had-
1: Was it like the imposter syndrome that we hear about? Like you just didn't, in that moment, didn't feel?
2: I I felt shame. I felt fear that they would think I only cared about money. Mm -hmm. I felt incredible fear of causing harm. It, it just made me really uncomfortable. Was it
1: somehow, if you were taking their money, somehow that might harm them?
2: Oh yes, 100%. 100% is what it felt like, which if, you, if, I look, if we look at it from the big picture, so that means people who help should not get paid, but people who harm should thrive, which is totally not the world I want to live in. Right. I share this because this is very, very common with us spiritual healer, do-gooder types. And not just a spiritual healer, do-gooder types. So I've coached clients on public assistance and I've coached billionaires and human beings or human beings. And we have a lot of the same underlying issues. You would be shocked. And having lots of money doesn't change it. It just creates drama on a larger scale. So, to and I'm jumping ahead here, but I'm just saying to you, what I want for you is for you to have a really wonderful luscious loving safe relationship with money now wherever you are on your journey so that you can make money with integrity Mm -hmm. and joy and keep it and have healthy boundaries and avoid a lot of drama later on because it shows up and the reason it shows up and I'm totally skipping out of my story sorry is because what i've learned that i didn't actually know when i went through my own transformation which i will walk you through but what i didn't know at the time and i only figured out when i had a bunch of clients paying clients as a result of this and because they were human beings they had money issues and by the this is this is by the way the total reason that i focus on money as a niche is because money is the number one human excuse for everything we can't have do or be so it's it is a great pain door for everything else. And money itself, it's not about the money. It is, and it's not. So we don't solve the money problem just by looking at your money story. And by the way, there are like thousands of coaches out there who will say, change your money story, change your life, which is great marketing. Doesn't work because it's never really about the money. Money is complete. Completely invented, fabricated, made Mm -hmm. up. Yeah, we just we made it up. Right. But what it represents is really, really deep real stuff. It represents love. Am I loved and lovable? It represents value. Am I valued? Am I worthy? It represents safety. Am I safe? Do I even have a right to exist here? And power. Do I have power or am I powerless? So every every issue in your life that has ever, ever come up around any wound around love, worth, safety, or power is going to show up in your relationship with money. So That, That is
1: super interesting because I grew up with a very complicated relationship with money. I had a dad who really used money to control and manipulate and Boy, yeah, I could spend an hour talking about that. <laughs> but that's why this is fascinating to me because it's, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah.
2: And your father was operating out of so much fear, too, and so much unworthiness. If he felt like he was worthy and loved as and powerful as is, he wouldn't have needed to use money to manipulate. Mm-hmm. So it just, it's sort of, it doesn't make people bad, it just work good. It just sort of exaggerates what's already there, Mm -hmm. the good and the bad. It also, and this is really interesting to me, there was a brain study way back in 2009 that showed that when people are thinking about love and the people we love, it lights up the frontal part of the brain, the genius zone. And, and we, that's when we become our, our, just our most creative and resourceful and relaxed and brilliant selves when we're in that generous, yummy, expansive state. And then they would introduce the topic of money and all that was shut down. Mm. And the, the back of the brain, uh, the kind of reptilian reaction, the
1: survival,
2: right. Lights up. And so just know that we are wired that way. It's not just you. And so all of our survival issues get tangled with money, which, so what I will teach you in a little bit of time, What I, I'm going to tell my story because it will give <laughs> yes. a context. Right, exactly. And then I, the, the, it, it's, I accidentally found a way to sort of rewire the brain from money as that not enough scarcity survival competition reaction to putting it into that love space, literally on a neurological level. One of my clients is a neuroscientist. She keeps sending me articles to confirm what I teach. So my story is here I was living in Los Angeles. I had the fancy East coast education. And I had all these certifications and I had the testimonials and the clients who were not paying me by the way, and the websites and all, all of everything you're supposed to do to be able to make money. And people heard about me and wanted to work with me. And it was almost like I had this giant money repulsion superpower if i if i had a t- superhero costume it would have a giant r for repulsion on my chest <laughs> like don't pay me <laughs> right and i laugh and joke about it now but at the time i wasn't
1: mm-hmm. i'm sure you were
2: yeah no you were I,
1: struggling to survive
2: it it well and that literally is the truth i kept not only was i not making money but and and charging way too little when i did like insane little, but I kept taking more classes to solve the problem. So I was spending money on classes that weren't working on me and I wasn't making money and I was working with a coach and we'll get to the coach part later, which is crazy because I couldn't even pay rent, but I always made sure that I had a coach and, and I had one coach after another and they just couldn't figure it out. And, I had taken this class on overcoming sales objections. That was like my Hail Mary. This is what's going to do it. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's there are classes that will teach you the magic words. And I'm making like magic motions with my hands right now. Mm-hmm. The magic words to overcome objections when somebody says I can't afford it or I don't have time or any of that kind of stuff. And I'm such a good student. Remember, I'm the comatose brain injury girl who still graduated as a national merit scholar. So I, I was such a good student. I ran, I ran with those scripts and all that training and seven people in a row, I overcame their objections and seven people in a row didn't show up for a first session or pay me.
1: Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So you got them to the yes, but then.
2: But, but it, it was a real yes. Uh that's the problem with with the you know that kind of approach Mm -hmm.
1: yeah what did they say no means maybe maybe means yes (laughs) that philosophy yeah
2: no no No. it's like Mm -mm. it's either a hell yeah or it's a no Mm -hmm. and I remember getting ghosted that that final time and that was when I just gave up
1: seven people all in a row right yeah. Oh and it was,
2: it was devastating. And I'm the girl with the testimonials and the success stories and the marketing and all of these, all of these great coaching talents and techniques and things. Yeah. And you're doing
1: everything right. Everything that <sighs> you're supposed to be doing it.
2: Yeah. Public speaking and booking interviews and all that kind of stuff didn't matter. None of it mattered. And there's no worse feeling in the world then that feeling that nothing you do matters. Mm-hmm. It's so helpless. And it felt at that moment, like the universe hated me, had just picked me to reject. I knew all these other coaches who were not getting results, but they were getting paid. Mm-hmm. So by the way, I, I learned in that moment that I was capable of feeling superior and inferior at the same time. <laughs> yeah,
1: that. Uh, and I
2: laughed, but seriously, when that last person stood me up, it was like something broke inside of me. And I was in my bedroom of my little tiny one bedroom apartment that I could not afford. And I was living on credit cards and borrowed money. And I remember just pulling the, dra- the blackout drapes shut and getting on my bed and screaming and crying mm-hmm. and wailing my heart out with rage and hurt and heartbreak and fear.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, fear.
2: How do you live? And I cried myself out. And when you cry yourself out, there's this interesting dynamic that I learned later, a psychological dynamic with this long Greek name called enantiodrama. Whenever you fully express any emotion, the opposite arises. So when you really let yourself go down to the bottom of the pool in that grief and that rage, That's where you hit the bottom and it gives you something to push off of. So when I cried myself out, I had two ideas. One of them was just kind of, I I, I had this idea that, well, maybe money could be my next area of spiritual growth, which was a useful idea for me because I'm so much more comfortable with the spiritual box. Maybe if I hide money in the spiritual box, I can deal with it. The other idea that came to me was, what is going on inside of me that I don't know about that can't be with money? Because none of this makes sense. And it was the next day, I believe, that I had a call with my coach. And I came to this call, this huge, mass of grief and despair and hurt and rage and hopelessness, by the way, anyone listening, if you have a coach or a therapist or anything like that, and, 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 and you show up wanting to be like a good client and on good behavior, cut that out, (laughs) cut that out. Your mess is what gives, gives your person something to work with. And that was what my coach needed for his inspiration. And, Mm. I say this because after months of working with him and nothing was moving the needle, the day that I showed up as a complete puddle of despair. Yeah.
1: Like up to that point, you'd been the the good client, the good student. I'm going to do whatever
2: I need to do. Yes. Yes. And putting a positive spin, just going out, doing the work, doing the work and and none of it worked. And this time I just had nothing. And he asked me a question that changed my life and put me on the path that I've been on for the last 20 years, which is he asked me, and this is where you want to lean in. If your money was a person, who would your money be? Oh, wow. That's an interesting question. Weird, right? And because I was in so much pain in that moment. It was like the pain overrid all of my analytical, conscious thinking, well, is money. This person is, you know, it just went bypassed all of that. And I saw the person instantly as if it as if it were a real guy. And he'd been there the whole time. And the money person that I saw as soon as my coach asked me that was this was this tall, mean, big, scary, dirty, violent biker dude who caused fights and was going to kill me.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: And I never, ever imagined that I felt that way about money ever before. And I never, I just, I wanted money. I wanted I like to buy things. I like to be self-sufficient. I never in a million years imagined that I felt that way about money. Now, there are things in my childhood, family fights, stolen inheritances, family members not talking to each other, that kind of stuff. There's there's a lifetime of seeing inequity and people suffering and seeing injustices and you know just kind of filing that away. But I didn't know that I felt that like violently afraid of money. Full body
1: really afraid really afraid,
2: never knew it until it became a person. And I could only access the monster when I was in that moment of like, really, really deep despair when it really was honestly a threat to my life. I was really feeling like I don't want to be here anymore. What's the point? I want to take my ball and leave the planet. Mm. And So when I saw this guy, big, scary, dirty, violent biker dude, nothing wrong with bikers. It was this one is really bad. Yeah. (laughs) And my physical reaction to him. And I had this moment of, of like imagining myself at a live event, keeping my eye on him in the crowd constantly to create distance. And that was sort of my light bulb moment that no wonder. No wonder nothing I do is working because consciously I'm working 24 seven, doing all the right stuff, but unconsciously, which is like, you know, 98% of the equation, my whole system is in protecting myself from money. And I never knew it until that moment. I never knew that unconsciously I was creating distance.
1: So Energetically, you were pushing it away, away, away
2: and be and in my behavior, in unconscious behavior, mm-hmm. Not depositing a check so long that I lost it, right? Just crazy avoidance stuff like that. So yeah, the discomfort, asking to be paid, just really just not wanting to look at it, all sorts of unconscious. And by the way, the people that I coach, the, some are, they don't make it or they avoid it. I also coach people who are phenomenal at making, Enormous amounts of money and even more talented at getting rid of it through business partners who embezzle or lawsuits or buying love. So it's still a
1: money issue. It might be coming in, but it's not providing them what they really want with it.
2: That's, That's why in the early days, in ye olden days... (laughs) <laughs> I I used to talk about making more money and attracting money and all that's like really good, but it's not just that there I've coached people who are very, very good at making money and they still have money drama. Mm-hmm. So that's, so I, my, my vision for the world is for everybody to have more than enough. Mm-hmm. And, and the more than enough is really in, will ultimately come from the inside, because when we have that sense of more than enough, then we no longer need to harm others. Mm-hmm. And there there's, isn't that kind of gladiator economy that we have now. Oligarchs and billionaires for whom n- there is no enough are operating at just an extremely high level of poverty because they're still run by fear. They still know that there's a target on their back. Nothing is enough. And, and their relationships and their life quality suffer. Yeah. I know this because I've coached them. Mm-hmm. So here I am. Ooh, I, it's, it, I was so lucky because it just came that easy and that obvious. And it was so clear to me, oh, my God, if this is my money, there's no way I can have money in my life. He is that bad. I wasn't imagining it. He was really that bad. So I had to end that relationship. And we can really, we could talk for the next 20 years about negative money beliefs and all that and not change anything. But when you make it a person that makes it real, it's no longer an abstract intellectual exercise. It's a person. Mm -hmm. We humans have experiences with people. So I had to, I had to end that relationship. I knew he wasn't going to change. By the way, this is true for people too. Like we can't change other people. Right.
1: So, you can only change yourself.
2: Right. So, even your imaginary person, you can't, you just, I had to, I had to end the relationship with money because he, he was a bad guy. But that created a new problem because I had just ended my relationship with money and I lived in Los yeah. Angeles. And right? now what? <laughs> and now what? Exactly. Now, Yay. now what? And, and it was so weird because as soon as I got rid of him, I could feel the absence. It was uh. like, This is a relationship I never knew I had, but as soon as I became aware and got rid of it, it was like, everything felt different.
1: Did it feel lighter? Did you feel lighter?
2: It felt empty. Empty. Yeah. Now, every client that I've coached will have something different. So for many, it will feel light. For some, it will feel scary. For some, it feels empty. All of those responses are perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect it's just unfamiliar. And that emptiness is, is kind of a universal experience. Uh, so knowing that nature pours a vacuum and not wanting that monster to come back or some other random monster to fill that space because that space is gonna be filled. I thought to myself, well, I live in Los Angeles. I have to have a relationship with money. The only relationship I've known has been this kind of soul crushing, rejecting mirror of every other rejection I've ever had in my life. Don't want to, don't want to go there again. Who could I have? Who could I, who could I choose to be my money? Who could I want? This is the question. Who could I want so much that I would want this person in my life, even if it's money? Mm -hmm. And putting the love first is absolutely necessary. The moment the relationship becomes transactional, the moment the relationship is based on what have you done for me lately, you have bounced back into a monster relationship where you are a helpless victim. So we cannot have a relationship that we measure on what have you done for me, because that objectifies money and that disempowers you. But when it's a relationship that is, oh my God, I love this person, and that comes first, that's when things change. So when I asked myself this question, and by the way, I knew none of this at the time. I was just kind of accidentally bumping into this process that that I then had to
1: Oh so your coach had helped you identify what money was to you then but then you, were you kind of on your own for figuring out I was out... on my
2: own for the rest of it. Okay. It was like, okay, that relationship is not going to work, it has to end. Oh crap, now what? Now what? And now I'm on my own. And so I asked myself, well, who could I want so much? And when I asked myself, who could I want so much? I'd want this person even though it's money. Instantly, this beautiful, tall, dark, handsome, romantic dreamboat of a guy wearing a tuxedo, carrying a bouquet of red flowers just showed up in my mind's eye. And he loved me and he felt real and he wanted to woo me.
1: Mm. He wanted to woo you. He Mm. wanted
2: to woo me. I couldn't believe it. That was so different. And I am going to, I always, I'm trying to like cram in 20 years of secrets (laughs) and learnings into like a little over 20 minutes here. So I, I'm going to pause for a second and say that it was very easy for me at that time, but I am aware of where people who try to do it themselves get stuck Mm -hmm. and why, and how to get around that. So the, the honey showed up really easily for me because the monster the money monster guy was so vivid, was so real to me. And he was so gone. And that created a, an opening. And also I was experientially lit up. Like my neurology was firing with all the feeling and emotion of where I began. And then the monster was so horrible. And then I got rid of him. So when we can light up your, your like full body experience like that, that's when change really really happens that's back to we were actually rewiring your brain so it was the reptile fear-based relationship with money in the beginning we get rid of that and all that remains is love so when I asked myself that question and the monster was completely gone the the guy who showed up felt like love did not feel like money felt like a love affair with life like oh my god this person loves me and I see myself through the eyes of love and I could feel how much he wanted to be with me and how, how much I wanted him there. And that created a new problem. Every solution has the seat of the next problem, which is he wanted to be with me. And I had no idea in practical terms, how to let money be with me because mm-hmm. I was like an Olympic athlete at pushing it away. Yeah, right. I didn't know that until that at that. This was when I found this out. And so here's the great thing about now money being this incredibly luscious, loving flesh and blood person worthy of your deepest love and admiration and trust when it's this guy or this woman or the, Say he, she, or they. It, t- t- pick your flavor. It, 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 I say he because mine was he. That's all. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I could tell, I could feel how much he, had, he wanted to be with me. And I had this sudden first time awareness that I had been pushing him away the whole time. The whole time I had been the gatekeeper. It wasn't that money was rejecting me, I had been rejecting money and I didn't know it. I have the body, I have the power in the relationship. And I'm going to flip that around. You have the body. You have the power in the relationship. But he wanted to be with me and I didn't know how to let him be with me. So I asked.
1: Oh, you
2: asked. Okay. So I said, well, what do you need from me so you can be with me the way you want to be with me, which is a different question than what do you need from me so you can love me? Love is unconditional. Mm -hmm. Presence is not if I can push him away, then, he, <laughs> and then he'll be away. So I needed, I needed instruction. I needed, I needed advice. So I asked. And the great thing about the human brain is when you ask, you get an answer. So I asked this question, what do you need from me? So you can stay with me. And he said, in our very first conversation, he said, I need you to love me.
1: Oh, love said, me back.
2: Yeah. I need you to love me. And I need you to stop treating me like a monster and it was coming from just such a vulnerability such a broken heart and and I and I could feel his pain and I didn't want to cause that pain so I used my superpowers of codependence to be a nice person to money and simply I got it I, I jokingly I jokingly say superpowers of codependence but there is a little bit of truth in there like I, I come from the place of every, every character defect that you perceive in yourself can be used, can be put to good use. Mm -hmm. So, so, so were you, were you
1: asking these questions? Were you doing this visualization in kind of a meditative state?
2: I just sunk into it.
1: Okay. Just quietly was giving it your intention and thought.
2: I didn't get into a Lotus position. I didn't light incense. I was just like sitting at my kitchen table thinking this stuff? So the answer is yes, but I didn't, it wasn't any kind of formal meditation. I was just going, I was just kind of going through my own process of asking myself a question and seeing what showed up. And here's the thing about, okay, he wants me to love him and wants me to stop treating him like a monster, which seemed more than fair and kind. And that raised the new question, well, what does that look like? I was going to say, we're going to need some
1: concrete <laughs> examples here.
2: <laughs> right, right. So we start. We started to discuss that about how every time he brought me a gift, which uh. would usually look like a client, I would freak out and reject it.
1: Oh, instead of thank Ooh. you and embracing it, right? Right, and
2: how that made him feel. Like it, when they would say, what do you, how much do you charge? I would immediately react like money was this shameful, embarrassing, stinky pile of something I didn't want them to know about. And how rejecting and, and hurtful that was to this guy who loved me. And so I made a deal that next time he brought me a client, I would say, thank you. And I would accept the gift. And I got to try that out. Over the next 24 hours, four people hired me a double what I'd ever charged before.
1: So, so you were given the opportunity.
2: To try out this new way of being. And th- those opportunities just came to you? They just came. They just, it's so weird because I know that we love to say the definition of, of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. I didn't do anything differently. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything differently. I, I had been sending out electronic, email newsletter blast since November, 2002, like really one of the old guard on, on this thing that has ruined all of our lives, or at least email inboxes. (laughs) And I just sent out another email, not about this at all. And four people responded the next day. And it wasn't that I did anything differently. It was the results were different. And then my response to the results were different. And in all honesty, I could feel everything in me wanting to talk the person out of hiring me. Oh gosh. All these things that I never knew that I did until I was suddenly aware of it. It was like, I wanted to force a sample session on this person. They didn't want a sample session. They just wanted to know how much I charged so that they could make a decision and pay me. And by the way, when somebody gets silent after you say the number, that's fantastic. That means they're just figuring out how to pay for it.
1: I know. Don't we so often? We just need to be quiet,
2: right? (laughs) And let them. Don't justify it. Don't slash it. Don't start talking them out of it. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Let them be grown ups and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Whether it's how to or not at this time doesn't matter. Just let them be adults. And it was really uncomfortable. It was a little less uncomfortable the next time. And by number four, I was like, okay, I'm getting the hang of this. And clients kept coming and kept coming. And I have made millions of dollars since then. And I'm the person who was barely making $100 a month. And even that was looking sketchy and like it was going to go soon. So what changed was my relationship with money and everything kind of rippled out from there. Because really, truly, honestly, your relationship with money is really a metaphor for your relationship with yourself and with life. So how do you make your money, honey, happy? Anything that respects you, evolves you, exalts you is going to make your money, honey, happy. And that can be whether it's balancing your checkbook or going to yoga class. I'm going to break down I'm going to break down the six steps that were embedded in my story so that you can now know how to do this for yourself. And the first step is uncover the root cause. And as I said earlier, the root cause is never actually the root cause of your money problems looks like it's about money. But the reason we freak out and and not just you and it's like as a species, the reason we freak out and get so weird about money is because it represents love and worth and safety and power. So the root cause of your money issues is never actually going to be money itself. It money is just a great flag in the sand to say treasure below. Mm-hmm. This is I like to say the universe gets our attention through three spiritual teachers, money, love and and health and I may have said that Earlier, it gets your attention quicker than anything else. It's something that that something wants to change. That here's an opportunity for growth. So you will not solve your relationship with money through just addressing the money story. You have to go to the root cause behind it, which is always anything that has ever made you feel unloved or unlovable, anything that has ever made you feel unworthy. Or Anything.
1: We're not talking specific to money. We're talking about no, in, like our, the, in our lives.
2: The farther afield you can go, the better. Accidents, rejection, illnesses, something maybe that you carry some shame over, eating disorders, really, really good. Divorce, topic. right? Divorce. Heartbreak, betrayal, anything, especially if it doesn't look like it has to do with money. It's you just follow the energy. Where is the pain? And you look for that. Where's the pain? That's a good way to look at it. Now you do not have to get everything. And you do not have to re-traumatize yourself. You do not have to dissociate. It's we it's not necessary to damage yourself to do this process. Just go deep enough that it's like, whoa. Extra points if you cry, but it's also not necessary. It's it's sort of like building a case against my life. You take off your positive thinking, healthy, well-adjusted hat temporarily. You will get it back, and you actually put on your victim hat.
1: The victim. Mm-hmm.
2: You. It's. It is a. It is a human experience. It has value, and now you get to actually use it. So, the, the tendency for all of us who are functional is to understand, well, it could have been worse or it's worse for other people, or I know it's not such a big deal. All of that kind of stuff is not going to help you here. Mm -hmm. I want you to magnify your victim experience as if it's true. Like, I don't even care if the, when I'm coaching, I don't even care if the facts are accurate. The emotional experience is true. It's there somewhere in your subconscious. This is alchemy. Alchemy is the transmutation of lead, lead in human experience into gold, spiritual and material gold. I call the process financial alchemy, although I use the, the same steps on other things too, but we're gonna focus on money. So underlying root cause, love, worth, safety, power, anything that has any wounds in any of those areas, misuse, abusive power, feeling powerless, feeling unsafe, accidents, violence, illnesses, any of that kind of stuff, world events, climate change, whatever it is that wakes you up or stresses you out. Put that there. You're building up this critical mass of ick. And then when you have just enough, imagine that there is some horrible person who is behind all of it, like the puppet master, the evil genius behind all of it who has created all of this to harm just you to mess with you, to make life so unbearable that you don't want to be here. Which is why the person listening right now who is already in the most pain and anxiety has a huge advantage. When life is comfortable, it takes a lot more digging to get there.
1: Yeah, I believe that for sure. We make our biggest change when we're in a lot of pain.
2: It's just easier. It's not necessary to be suffering or in that terrible state, but it's closer to the surface, it takes less digging. If you're in pain, your 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 neurons are already firing and ready to switch anyway. So you use that and imagine there's a person, and you really want to give this person flesh and reality, make it as real. What does he smell like? How big is he? Is he hot or cold? What is his breath like? What does he think when he looks at you? These are all things, questions that I use with clients, helping them flesh out this monster who really has it in for you specifically, because it's your relationship and you're the target. If you're a parent, this monster is going to go after your kids. Mm. And, And I find that a very useful thing to bring up for parents, because especially if a client is really having trouble getting in touch with their monster, The moment that child is in danger, boom, suddenly the monster is crystal clear. Yeah. It's not going to be you. So the monster is not part of you. And the monster is also not your parents. Because in step number three, six steps, we're almost halfway through step number three, you are going to annihilate the monster. Okay. And you're going to annihilate the monster without rejecting or hurting or annihilating yourself. And because I trust that none of you are going to kill your parents, we're not going to make the monster your parents, even if your parent was monstrous. Mm -hmm. We'll say the monster used your parents to hurt you.
1: Okay. Yeah. Manipulated the parents.
2: Right. It's just a lot cleaner, Mm -hmm. a lot more believable. It can be a completely imaginary person. It can be a public figure, preferably just not somebody currently in your life because I want you to destroy it by any means necessary. You have every, it's your imagination. If you want to blow it up with an atom bomb, you can. For my love and light friends, there can be some resistance here. I i had a client in Spain years back. who said, I can't kill my monster. I'm a vegan. <laughs> True yeah. story. It's imaginary. And, and there is a power in rejecting what no longer serves you. So... If, if I were to say only one of you gets to walk away from this fight, make sure it's you. Only one of you remains standing, make sure it's you. And when you destroy the monster, you are rejecting everything that no longer gets to be in your life experience. There's just a really nice power of saying you do not get to exist in my life. And that's step number three, when it's all gone, there's no leftover traces of any monster energy left. It's completely binary. It's if it's not completely gone, just clean up whatever's left. And when it is gone and you know it, we move on to step number four. And that is now you get to meet your new relationship with money, what I call your money, honey, and it will feel like love because when you have rejected everything that Your monster represented every hurt that your monster represented, all that exists is love. So this new person, this new being is going to feel like love. And we're going to call it money because money is that area of life that needs our love and our healing. And that's step four is you meet your money, honey. Step five is you have a conversation with your money, honey. I modeled that earlier. What Mm -hmm. do you need from me so you can stay with me? Yeah. And then step number six is now you take concrete measurable action. Because the answer to that question, what do you need from me, is usually going to be very vague. It'll be something like, I need you to love me. I need you to love yourself. I need you to trust. Or the very worst of all, I need you to relax.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Great. Probably true. Yes. (laughs) All of the above. Probably true. And nobody, nobody is humanly capable of doing that 24 seven forever. Mm -hmm. So we need to give you a win, (laughs) something that you can actually succeed at, Uh, something that we, that also something physical, because right now all of this is, it's sort of, it's imaginary. Like you can feel it in your body. It feels very real. It feels like the world has completely changed before any, before you get evidence of it. You can take a look at all the drama around you and go, oh yeah, I can manage that. Oh, here's an opportunity. I can handle that. It just looks very different. Well, I could say no to that. It just looks different. But I believe that action is magical. And if you want to see concrete, physical, real world results, then take a concrete physical real world action, even if it doesn't look like it's related. By the way, this is magic 101. This is sympathetic magic, but you have to have that physical ritual. So the way to find out what action to take is you run it by your money, honey, and you check for the reaction. Mm. And if your money, honey, lights up with enthusiasm, that's the thing to take. Even if it doesn't make sense. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it's really obvious. Do your taxes. And then, and then the client tells me, oh my God, doing my taxes was like foreplay. Oh, that's a new one. <laughs> right? Cool. Because so we usually, we
1: all hate doing our taxes.
2: No, no. She said, wow, doing my taxes was like foreplay <laughs> this year. But then you have that. Sometimes it doesn't seem to make any sense at all. Like I, my client, Katie. Her money, honey, wanted her to go skating.
1: Okay. What is
2: that going to do? Totally random. (laughs) Right. It's December. She had this really, really scary monster with lots of like Holocaust stuff and really just ancestral intergenerational evil, bad stuff. And then she has this new money, honey, who feels very real, really crystal clear communication and her money, honey, wanted to have fun her money honey wanted to get out of the house and go skating in December in Canada. And the interesting thing is that the first day after Katie committed to doing it, she didn't go skating and nothing changed because she was so stressed out about money and trying to make money. The second day she didn't go skating, nothing changed because she was so stressed out about money and She's trying. Like, to make oh, money. I got to pay money to go skating. Right. right. <laughs> well, the third day she, she went skating. She took her, her, I think, 10 year old child with her and they went skating and they had this wonderful experience and this like deep heart connection. And when she went home, she received a phone call and received $10,000. Okay. That, that was worth going skating for. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I don't know why that is so often the case. And I've got all these examples with Janet and Lynn and all these, And, and you don't do it with, okay, I did this now money, because that Mm -hmm. suddenly, as soon as what have you done for me lately? Transactional, Mm -hmm. Uh dumps you back into like fear and scarcity and monster. Yes. The most important reason that you do what you said you were going to do is because it, it feeds your own self-worth, your own sense of your own trustworthiness.
1: Because really it's yourself that's, telling you what to do.
2: everything every relationship is your relationship with yourself at the mm-hmm. end of the day it's everything is your relationship with yourself and 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 your life but money makes a, a really elegant monster because it touches absolutely every area of our life all of our relationships with people our jobs our purpose the our spirituality what we can do in the world how we can contribute our home, there's really nothing, nothing that isn't touched by money. So when we can have a loving, happy, safe relationship with money, we have a loving, happy, safe relationship with life. And it ripples out into everything else. I have one of my favorite unintentional consequences of this work is in love. Because as soon as money is no longer the bad guy, the typical focus and priority of human beings is love. And what happens with men is so cute. is when they've slayed their monster, and men have really hard to kill monsters, when they've slayed the monster, you can see their shoulders puff up. And there's this kind of confidence and solidness that wasn't there before that like they killed the monster. And when they meet their money honey, their money honey is like, Oh my God, you slayed the monster. You saved me. <laughs> You're and my like, hero. Yeah, I exactly. <laughs> and they're like, Yeah, I did. And and then with women, when women have slayed their monster, and the monster is gone in the world is safe and they are enwrapped in the arms of the beloved we become softer and more open and more receptive to everything we want we be you know we just radiate this joy and we become really attractive to clients to money and love becomes safer i have a client i adore she had worked on my book my 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 book, Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic and Manifestation, she had had her first quarter of a million dollar sales month, just doing the work on her own with my book before she hired me. Wow. After she hired me, she ended up buying the company that she was making the sales for, but that wasn't the most exciting breakthrough. She got married. She had been with a partner for a really long time, wonderful guy. And it wasn't until she had a safe relationship with money that she felt safe to get married. And that has been such an, it has been such an amazing source of happiness for both of them, abundance. It's really, and it was great for their relationship too. So, and then there's my client, Catherine, who like did my money goddess retreat in Bali in 2016 and met, her husband, two weeks after she got home, she was already 55 and she had never been married before. And she met the guy that she married two weeks after she got home. They are still together, madly in love, very happy. And there are a lot of stories of, of clients who are like, you know, when money's bad, it's really hard on the marital relationship. So I had a bunch of Clients who were like one foot out the door. And when they changed their relationship with money, they changed their relationship with their spouse. And that became what was conflict became a honeymoon, like a honeymoon that went on permanently. And this
1: work is very powerful.
2: Yeah. You you mentioned all my weddings at the beginning when you introduced Mm -hmm, me. mm -hmm. 10 years after I changed my relationship with money, I changed my relationship with love. I was in the same situation where I was reading all the books, taking all the classes, hiring all the coaches and getting like all the energy healings because LA is energy healing capital of the world and nothing. It's just heartbreaking. And it was like every guy I dated was so wrong for me that I could see the expiration date above his head on the first day. And some of them were lovely. So their expiration date was three months and in three months they disappeared. Mm. And I would, and, and I've been, love has been my top value since I was, since I saw my first Disney princess movie, since I chased Brian Patterson under the piano on his fifth birthday. And he was the older man. Oh. and when I was 45, I slayed my love monster and I met my husband two months later. Mm. So you can use the same principle. You can use the same principle. Absolutely. If there is anything, I used the same principle on health for a client on my goddess retreat last month in Mexico. She had already, we had already worked together on the money thing years before. And then she came back because she was having... a a really scary physical situation and wanted to slay this disease monster. And since the retreat, the symptoms of the disease have been going away. So by, and by the way, I am a very like strong believer in Western medicine, which makes me sort of an outlier in my spiritual community, but I, I love science and I go to a doctor when I've got a problem. Mm -hmm. And I have found occasionally that sometimes when something is not responding to the normal medical stuff, it might be when you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing. Remember you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing and it's still not budging with fertility, with the eczema, with the rheumatoid arthritis, with the shoulder injury, with the autoimmune disease, whatever it is, when you're already doing everything you're supposed to be doing and it isn't budging, then it might be useful to see what, what monster might be there. What, what is your relationship with this disease or with your health or with your body? What, what is the monster? Let's find out, build it up, get rid of it. And build a new relationship and see what happens. And I've had a lot of success with that. Not instead of modern medicine. Right. It's just sort of like to me. Alongside it. My job is relationship with yourself in life. The money, the love, and the health are all sort of the, the side effects. Yeah. Of your relationship with life.
1: Wow. This is all so amazing, powerful, fascinating very fascinating so morgana if somebody wants to work with you how would they or what's what's the best way for them to work with you
2: well go to morganaray.com that's that's the first thing that's the mothership it's myname.com and you will find a lot of resources there including my money love quiz to see where you are by the way it is such a non-judgmental easy pain-free quick quiz you'll find that you're super strong in some areas and and want some help in some other areas that that's a good place to start and i'll make some recommendations of of just next steps there including some free stuff if you want to coach with me you will find on my website the applications just fill out an application let me know you a little bit and then we'll have a conversation and see what you need and what would be the best fit for you.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And then there's your book. And then there's my book. If you do nothing else, I just, I recommend start with the book. I created the book because after a number of years of coaching many hundreds of people, I just, if that's not the way I work, I need a lot of free time to travel the world and get married. Mm -hmm. So I love my book. I get, so many success stories from people just doing the book while I'm asleep. And so Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic and Manifestation, you will find it everywhere. Amazon, Walmart, Barnes and Noble. You will find it also on my website with links to Amazon. Here's the big secret that nobody who buys my book anywhere else knows about, but you will hear about because you're listening to this podcast is if you buy my book, wherever you buy my book, and then you come back to my website and you enter your name, your email address, and your receipt number, you will get an extra bonus audio download of a two and a half hour Q&A call that I did when I launched the book. So I was speaking to thousands of people who bought my book and had started the book and they had questions. So the stuff that didn't get covered today or may not have been answered in the book, I get to answer it there because the thing that I love about coaching is human beings are infinitely resourceful at inventing new obstacles that I've never encountered before. (laughs) So when you ask that question, it's you've, you have expanded the work. (laughs) And that question is being answered for everybody else. So there is a, a free audio class link inside the book for everybody. That's not the same as the audio class that's available to people who buy the book and enter their receipt on my website. That's an extra bonus. The q and A. I I I just think that my best stuff comes when I'm solving a problem. When you actually, what do I do here? That, that's, that's when my brain wakes up. And that's, that's what I want you to have because more people who have a great relationship with money and are empowered to be, do, and have what you want, the better the planet gets for everybody. And that's my goal.
1: Well, I'm absolutely getting your book. That's for sure. As soon as we get off this call.
2: (laughs) And I do have one request is when you do the work, please, and, and something interesting happens. If something interesting happens, let me know I love to know what happens. So and and then I I'll I will ask permission to share your story if it's appropriate.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And put you on my wall of fame on my success stories on my website.
1: Oh, fantastic. So Morgana, is there any last thing you'd like to leave with our listeners?
2: Yes. I think the big overarching idea behind my work is that change happens at the speed of safety. Oh. So if you are trying, 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 and things aren't changing, I would take a look at what needs to be made safe. What is not safe? What are you protecting yourself from? It's not your fault, really. You're, you're actually a brilliant, self-loving, self-protected person. How do we make what you want safe? And that's when things change.
1: Wow. That's a lot to think about. Well, again, this has been fascinating and I have enjoyed every second of it. So I thank you so much for being on this podcast, for sharing all of this with my Unbreakable Spirit listeners and Unbreakable Spirit listeners. I hope that you found this as valuable as I did and that you will know that you too can make these kinds of changes and live just the most amazing life.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. and. And I agree with you, like everybody listening, there's a value to dropping down at the bottom because that's where you can push up.
1: Mm-hmm. What do they call it? The Phoenix rising. Exactly. <laughs> from the ashes, you can rebuild.
2: Yeah. I, the, that to me, that's the idea of alchemy is that, that, that worst thing is holds the key to everything you ever wanted. Mm. And you don't, you don't have to beat yourself up about the painful experiences. Yeah. In fact, you can you can use them and make them work for you.
1: Yeah. I I just love how you say that. It's like there's the gift, the hidden gift in there.
2: Yeah. Oh, you just one of one of my favorite ideas is it is my observation in my life and also coaching others that there's, there's a gift. There's a, there's a treasure. And when we, when we finally find it, and sometimes it's like pregnancy and it's going to show itself when it when it's time to show it, when we're cooked. Mm-hmm. But I find that problems have a huge tendency to just go away once they've delivered their message and served their purpose.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So if you have a lifelong pattern, a negative pattern, what I share today is a tool for finding the gift in that pattern so that it no longer has a reason to exist
1: i like that and then it it can move on right move on let go yes well thank you yet again for being on this podcast i i am so thrilled
2: thank
0: you and have a, a wonderful rest of your day thank you for joining us on unbreakable spirit To learn more about Jennifer and her holistic weight loss approach, visit her website at 7company.com. That's the number 7company.com. And please join us for our next episode where we'll hear from more women who overcame hardship and learned how to thrive.